Welcome to the Inspiring You Show, where we shine a light on healing, whole health in our lives. We believe that in healing your story, you can transform your life. We are here to provide hope, tips, tools, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in this journey called life. I'm Henry, an intuitive empath, mindfulness meditation teacher, dowsing and Reiki master teacher, and energy healer. This, my friends, is a vibrational experience, a remembering of the truth of who we are. The content is light encoded to assist you on your journey if you wish to receive for your highest good. Welcome to the show, everyone. Okay, so we are continuing our talk about mindfulness of the body. In the prior couple episodes, uh, we did a mindfulness body part one, then a mindfulness meditation for the body, and now we are continuing that conversation about mindfulness of the body. So with mindfulness, there's the usual instructions for mindfulness meditation recommending that you use breathing as the center, the default. Grounding yourself and centering yourself in the experience of breathing. Yet, there are some people for whom the breath is not so useful, and that's completely okay. As I talked about in the prior episodes, for me, I could use breathing as an anchor, and then at one point, once I disassociated, then I wasn't able to use breathing as an anchor. I used touchstone, and then once I healed from the work PTSD and the disassociation that I had experienced, I was able to then come back to using the breath as a tool. So there are also, so that may be the case for you too. So there are some people for whom the breath isn't useful. And for these people, there are other objects that can be used for grounding and the centering. That being said though, the breath is a really amazing tool so I would say if you're not able to use the breath right now, that's okay. But maybe at one point, just be open to that you will be able to use it. Um, so the point of mindfulness meditation is not to live in your breathing all the time, but to learn how to bring a wise, freeing, and liberating attention to all aspects of our lives. And the way we do this in meditation practice is by choosing to bring our attention to and to center ourselves on the breath. The emphasis is placed on the breathing until another experience becomes more compelling or more predominant. When another experience becomes more compelling, we may let go of the breath and bring our silent attention to that experience. So that's what we're going to talk about now in terms of the body as well. So if a sensation in your body becomes stronger than the sensation of breathing, you can let go of the breath and let your attention settle into that physical experience in your body if that's more compelling. And you can be with that experience and then maybe it will be released and then you can come back to your breath. Because sometimes in the experiences of practicing, sometimes it can be pleasant and sometimes it can be unpleasant. 
And for beginners, there certainly can be discomfort. When people first start meditating, they may not be used to holding the meditation posture. So it can take a while, sometimes weeks, months, for the body to kind of work out its kinks, his kinks, where it's not aligned or it feels too tight or maybe even the foundation isn't strong enough. Maybe the core isn't strong enough. And that's completely okay, which is why allowing yourself to get into a comfortable meditation position in the beginning is really helpful just to start to learning the tools of the trade, if you will. The idea, if you're not feeling comfortable in the meditation position, the idea then is to bring the attention to where whatever is most compelling. So over time, different things will speak up. Different things will want your attention, will become compelling. And the theory behind mindfulness meditation is you don't have an agenda for what you pay attention to. There is some priority to the breath, but you're not really locked into it because there's a full spectrum of what your life will eventually reveal itself to you by becoming compelling. So the things that you need to look at and work through and to resolve will come up in their own time. You can be very relaxed. You don't have to be in a hurry expecting things to happen. Over time, Emotions come up, thoughts come up, body sensations come up. A lot of things will come up and get worked through. In traditional um, Buddhist Buddha, Buddhism, there's a purification process, a clearing process, or an emptying process, and there has to be a willingness to let go of the breath and open up to the wider spectrum of what's going on. And I would say in terms of Reiki energy healing or dusting energy healing, it's also the same that you have to have a willingness. You have to let go, be willing to be willing to be healed. You have to be willing to let go to allow yourself that wider spectrum of what's going on. So the body... The body becomes, so if the body becomes more compelling and more predominant than your breathing, then just let go of your breathing. Let your attention center itself on that part of your body with the strongest sensation. And again, you're separating out the commentary though, and you just stay with the immediacy of that experience. The immediate experience is often much more simple than the commentary. Stay with the simplicity of it and then hang in with it. Hang in with it. Hang in with it. Get to know it better. Feel it more fully. Feel it more fully. See if you can enter into the experience more fully and sense and be present for it. And if, if entering into it more fully is too much, then imagine that you're taking a bird's eye view of it that you're getting into that observer role. Still stay present for the experience, but imagine that you are a bird up in the sky watching from a distance. And for some experiences, that's the way you stay present because if you get too close to it, it might feel too intense. So you just want to take care of yourself through this process. You're still staying present, but with a bird's eye view, making it possible to be there with it. 
and you can adjust the distance you have. That is something that I had to do for a while when I was going through my own experience of healing trauma. So the idea is to be present for an experience as long as it's predominant. And what we're doing is training our mindfulness. And since mindfulness can be trained on anything, we're training it on a strong sensation in the body. If there's an idea that the strong sensation shouldn't be there, my friends, that's commentary. That's having a judgment. That might be criticizing yourself. So if you have the idea that you need to get rid of this, that's a comment. If you have the idea, if only this wasn't here, then I could really meditate, that's a comment. You don't have to believe any of those comments. You don't have to get involved in the commentary. You don't. This is where you stay on the train platform. You let the trains go by. The trains are the commentary. You note the train going by as commentary. The train is going by, that is commentary. Let the train go by, stay on the platform, train platform. You don't have to get on the train and go get whisked off with the, all the commentary. So you don't have to get involved with the commentary. You develop a trend, tremendous amount of personal power and you retrain your brain, specifically in terms of your mental body, if you learn how not to get caught in and believe those thoughts. The monkey mind, the thinking mind may say all kinds of things. Our thinking mind will say, wait a minute, I'm the one who's in charge, aren't I? But you have tremendous amount of power if you don't believe in those thoughts. You're not going to discard all of your thinking once and for all. But having the ability not to be pulled automatically into the thinking world gives you a lot of power. So friends, try to keep it really simple. Enter into the world of the sensations in your body. It can be helpful to use the labeling system. It can be helpful to label them using mental notes. So if you feel an itch, name it itch, itch. If it stays for a long time, then the thought arises, it's been there too long. That's a comment. That is a comment. Go back to the itch and the simplicity of your itch. Itch, itch. And then mentally label it itch. And then the mental label itch is a very soft little nudge to stay there, relaxed and present to that experience. Don't run away. Don't get caught in the commentary. Stay with the simplicity of the itch. Sorry, I had to take a sip of water. Stay with the simplicity of the itch. So some of the sensations might be uncomfortable. They might be uncomfortable. I've definitely been in that experience. 
There might be pain. And pain is very interesting. A lot of researchers of pain and also psychologists have found out that pain is not a singular aspect or thing. The experience of pain is made up of many signals that come together. Together, they make this notion of pain. So the signal for the body from the nerves is not enough to create the idea of pain. Sometimes there are associations, memories, mean, meaning-making, projection, fear, or anxiety. A number of people have pointed out that they might be in physical pain until they get a diagnosis, and then the pain seems to go away. So the psychological factor comes into play sometimes. It's interesting to be present for pain, and then to be able to tease apart the commentary, the judgments, the reactions, the emotions from the pain itself. And many people find that when they can do that, the pain is released somewhat and the pain may not be as bad. What can make pain difficult even more are all the secondary reactions to it. And so mindfulness training is very simple and soft. It's actually learning not to get caught up in the flow of the comments that can run our lives. So training you to stay there in the here and now in the present. And the more you stay there in the present, the more you can tease apart the subtler and subtler comments, reactions, feelings, judgments that might be connected to pain. As long as we hold ourselves at a distance from pain, like that pain, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to feel it. Get it away from me. Get that pain away from me. I don't want this pain. This is terrible. I hate this pain. Get it away from me. So if you hold yourself at a distance from that pain through, the, through commentary like that, you might feel it as singular, a singular thing. But if you actually relax and soften and go into the pain and feel the pain, then it can tend to break up and you see it is made up of a variety of different sensations. It might be pulling, twisting, tearing, burning, vibrating. It also might make you feel sad or frustrated. You might also find that if you get really close to the pain, the pain may not be constant. It's actually turning itself on and off. Or it's not all in the same place. It's moving around. It might be moving just a little bit here and there, but it's moving, pulsating, and sparking. And when you see it's sparking, vibrating, pulsing, and moving, it's a little bit harder for the mind to get caught up in oh no, this is permanent, it's constant because it's moving. So it's, there's an impermanence, like it's not permanent. So it's a little bit more harder for the mind to get caught up in, oh no, this is permanent, it's constant, which then helps to bring relief. So a new world then can really open up to the many experiences when you bring this careful mindfulness to them and you drop below the commentary and concepts, 
you have about them, or I would say above, above the commentary and the concepts you have about them because you're shifting upward to a higher vibrational frequency. So if you relate to pain just as pain, you may be relating through a concept in all the associations you have to that concept. But if you experience the sensations, they may still be uncomfortable, but the experience might be more one of twisting, pressure, tension, and a variety of particular sensations. And the same thing is true for pleasant sensations. You might go ahead and feel a pleasant sensation and be present for it. And we also include sounds in physical sensations. Sounds are not meant to be seen as intrusions from mindfulness meditation. They're to be included with it. So now, now when people do concentration meditations, which is a different style of meditation, there are things which are considered to be distractions. In concentration meditations, you try to concentrate on one thing. So something can take you away from that. However, in mindfulness not meditation, we're not locking into one thing. We're not locking we're not locking on the breath. We're ready to open the awareness to what is happening. So, if a sound becomes predominant, then we do sound meditation. If your neighbor's dog is barking, you don't have to be angry thinking that's disturbing my meditation. That dog's barking. That dog's barking is loud. The dog barking becomes part of your meditation. So what we do then is turn the attention to the listening, hearing, hearing. We label it hearing, hearing. You could also say dog barking, dog barking, hearing, dog barking. You could label it or you could simply say hearing, hearing. We take in the vibration, the sense, the feelings, the whole experience of listening to the dog barking. So that is part of it. You just label it as you label it as dog barking. All right. So in that's really what's amazing about mindfulness meditation and when we're talking about all this there aren't really like any distractions. It's just something to include in the awareness in terms of like breath, body sounds. You try to stay with your breath as best as you can. If a strong sensation arises in your body, that's more compelling than your breath. You let go of the breath, you turn to that. And if strong, compelling sound arise, you be relaxed, you include those. Every time you take in something new, every time you say, oh, that's compelling, let me take that in. You try to see if you can meet that experience with a sense of ease, relaxation, don't be alarmed, don't pounce on it. Okay, I'm going to take this experience in. Be as you would if you were standing at the beach taking in that breeze. You allow yourself to do it in a soft way. Even if part of you is upset that the knee hurts, See if you can train yourself to meet this with a bit of softness, a little bit of softness, a little bit of softness. And as you do this, 
you'll begin to see how your state of presence starts to really change where you become more embodied and you're more present and more grounded, more aligned, more alert and more awake. And you're just flowing through life with more of an ease and grace in a non-reactive way because you're in your formal meditation practice, you're literally retraining not only your brain, but also your aspect of your body, your mental body, you're retraining the monkey mind, and you're training yourself to be in the flow and to allow yourself to follow the energy for the highest good. That being said, so with, so say if with the dog barking, so you note the dog barking and then, you know, you could say hearing, hearing, and then you then come back to the breath. You follow the breath in, follow the breath out. If the dog barks again, hearing, hearing, come back to the breath, follow the breath in, follow the breath out. Oh, my right knee is pulsating. Oh, my, you label it, knee pulsating, knee pulsating. You don't get carried away with any story though. You let go of the story. You don't go into a story about the dog barking. You don't go into a story about the knee hurting. Oh my God, my knee hurt because this is, no, it's just a simple awareness. Oh, sensation on knee. You can bring it into the awareness with a softness. And if the sensation goes away, or whether it goes away or not, you can then come back to your breath if you're using your breath as your anchor. You always come back to your anchor point. And your breath could be your anchor, breathing in, breathing out. It could also be touch. So you could be doing a touchstone with your hands on your lap, or it could be in a mudra, like Gyan Mudra. That could be your anchor. You always come back to your anchor. So the dog could be barking, you say dog barking or hearing, hearing, and then come back to your anchor. If it's your breath, following your breath in, following your breath out, following your breath in, following your breath out. And then if your knee starts feeling some sensations, you allow yourself to note your knee sensations and then come back to your anchor. If it's your breath, following your breath in, following your breath out. And if all of a sudden some thoughts come in, oh my God, tomorrow I have a lot of work. Oh my God, I can't believe I have to do that. You just simply label it thinking and then come back to your anchor. Your anchor is what's bringing you back to the present moment. And the present moment is where your body is. Your body is in the present moment. So bringing yourself back to the present moment of this meditation, breathing in, breathing out. So that is the mindfulness of body talk. Um, if anybody has any questions, I would love to hear from you. Please, um, please feel free to reach out. You can find me on social media at inspiringyou.co or on my website, which is the same name. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you. I hope you are having an amazing day or night whenever you listen to this and much love, light and joy and abundance and Reiki blessings to all of you. Thank you so much.